Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. I believe this without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. That you may have walked in here today with a struggle on your plate, but you can walk out changed, a new creature in Christ. You don't have to stay the same. And so I'm going to dismiss the kids to Sunday school. And uh, adults, we're going to have a good time in here. I can promise you that. So we're starting a series titled The War Within. Who's got a war waging in their lives? <laughs> I can say I've got one. Sometimes it's external and you see it. And sometimes it's right here between my two ears. And so I want to read a scripture to you. Um, this morning when I got up, I was sitting here. I was praying, getting some stuff ready. And this scripture hit me and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm adding that. So this isn't in those scriptures that you get. But it's Romans 8 and verse 37 through 39. It says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Boy, I tell you what, when I read that this morning, I'm like, I am more than a conqueror. I am excited to serve God. I am so thankful that he loves me. And you know what? Sometimes, like, that's the, that's the winning side. That's, like, that's the mindset that I have sometimes. But there's a war inside sometimes that tells me that every created thing can separate me. That everything coming against me can separate me. And, and everything coming against me, like, it gets stuck in my mind. Oh, I'm not good enough. I, I can't be who God's called me to be, I I, I reject myself, like all these different things. So imagine standing in shields, looking at that sweet new gun. And you get this war inside, I can buy it, but I shouldn't buy it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so like you have this like internal conflict, like, oh man, I can buy it. I can't, I shouldn't. Well, if you're married, you're like, what will my wife say? But if I just do it, then it's done, you know, and I like... Then, she's, then, she, then she can just be mad at me. and <laughs> So we go through all of these things, this internal con- conflict. And sometimes we're like, I've been to the point where like, I'm going to buy it. I'm buying this thing. And then I'm like, I can't buy it. Well, there was one time, boy, I made some dumb mistakes in my life. I look back on my life. Oh, Lord. Oh, there's some internal conflicts that I've had. Anyways, what about this? <laughs> you date someone. And you wonder, is this the one for me? And you like go back and forth. You look at all the bad signs and you're like, oh, I can change them. I can, I can, I can do this. Like if I'll just stick it out. You know what? Ain't no person that you can change. There is no one out there that you can change. Like you just need to like sit back. Okay, God, is this the one for me? And if he's like, nope, then you need to like, okay, I'm done. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's simple as that. Right. <laughs> but yet you have this internal conflict. You're like, oh. I'll give it two more weeks. And then he'll do, he or she will do something nice. And you're like, okay, I'll, I'll give it two more weeks. Like, but if he does it again, I get, sometimes it's hard. 
But these are small wars compared to the war that's being waged for your soul. That's an external conflict that eventually becomes internal. The enemy will sow seeds of doubt. You'll 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 begin to wonder, is God even real? Like, why God? Your your word says for me to be strong and courageous, but I am not strong and courageous. I'm the last thing from strong and courageous. But I tell you, I go through it all the time where I don't feel like where my strength is wavering, where my courage is non-existent. Joshua 1, 6 through 9, it says, be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. This is really important, this next couple of lines. It says, do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Got to walk the straight and narrow so that you will have success wherever you go. You could take out that you will have success wherever you go. And you could really love that little portion of the scripture. But that I will have success wherever I go. Wrong. You have to go back You should just underline, you will have success wherever you go. And then you should draw an arrow up to the line before that that says, do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. There was a command. Joshua could be strong and courageous in operating in the will of God, but in his own strength and in his own power, he would have never defeated Ai. He would have never defeated uh, Jericho. He would have never crossed the river Jordan in his own power. So what do you do when you're struggling with your strength? Verse eight, it says, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth, You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When I'm listening, when I'm obedient, you want to get to the phase of victory. You got to get through the first phase of obedience first. Sometimes we're like, oh, Could you just give me a quick step guide on how to live a victorious life? There's a lot of people who will sell you a load of junk and tell you this is how you live a victorious life. But the reality is the only way that you can live a victorious life is being obedient to what God says. So I'm going to follow what he says. So this is what causes the war within me to wonder, God, are you even there? If, If you were there, God, this wouldn't happen. I used you as an example today, Jim. I was like, you tripped and you fell. And you're like, well, if God was there, I would have never fell. You could, you, could, you could reason that out in your mind. Well, why did he let good things or bad things happen to good people? Well, because we're humans. And we have the opportunity to choose which side I'm going to be on. So you may be sitting here struggling with your strength today. And so then I ask you, what do you do when God gives you instructions that just don't make sense? You see, the reality is sometimes God's going to give an instruction and it's just not going to make sense. You're going to be like, well, God, the enemy is advancing on me. How do I continue to stand? 
and we start to back up and we start to retreat. And God was like, no, I've got this. Just keep standing and see the hand of the Lord. See what I've got for your life. Keep standing. Stay strong. Don't, don't fall. I've got this. But God, why are you not here? Why are you letting them get so close to me? I need you just to hold on. Keep standing. You're doing it for a reason. I've got a purpose and a plan for you. I love you. Don't worry. I'm going to protect you. Joshua 6, 1 through 5 gives some crazy directions. It says, now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. None was leaving or entering. So I think about this. It, it says that it was a strong city and it was shut up because of the Israelites. What did the Israelites see? They saw big walls. They, 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 saw, they saw defenses. Verse two, it says, the Lord said to Joshua, look, I have handed Jericho, its king and its best soldier over to you. It certainly don't look like it. This is what happens. God gives us direction. And he's like, I've given you these promises. And we're like, I don't see it, God. I don't believe it because I'm not living in it right now. And then he gives some directions like this. March around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time. You do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns, trumpets in the front of the ark, but on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the ram's horn. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sound, have all the troops give a mighty shout, then the, the city walls will collapse and the troops will advance each man straight ahead. You want me to do what? Like, this is us. I'm not talking for Joshua. Joshua doesn't question God. He just does it. Like, I don't know. Like, Joshua is so stinking awesome. The fact that he could just be like, okay. Tell everyone, hey, we're going to go march around the walls of Jericho. It's like a show of force. You know, like, marching around these walls. <sighs> but then I think, what about me? When God's like, hey, I want you to stand. You know, sometimes, sometimes it feels like you're alone in the battle. You're all by yourself. And you're like, God, why have I been so isolated? Well, God doesn't isolate you. Sometimes we isolate ourselves and sometimes the enemy isolates us because he wants to, uh, uh, what is it, uh, steal, kill, and destroy. So what is he going to do? Rather than to keep you with a strong church, he's going to try and whittle you out, get you to where he wants you, and then attack. God didn't call you according to your will, but he called you according to his will. It's not my way, it's his way. I want to do what God wants me to do. So I'm not a called according to his, my will. I'm called according to his will. And so I have got to follow his leading. And when strange directions come, sometimes the adversary can throw things at us that really begin to just grind our gears. So I can imagine the Israelites wondering why they were doing that. It doesn't say that they did, but I can imagine it. But they obeyed God, even if the internal ideation built up that said walking around the walls is going to make them fall. Um, Joshua, you're dumb. Uh, Joshua, that's a stupid idea. Look, I'm just telling you what God gave me. Well, it's dumb. I don't think that. Like, they didn't say this, but boy, I can't, like... <laughs> I've heard people talk before <laughs> and I can imagine there was a couple of people that were like, well, yep, that was 
dumb Joshua. <laughs> young, they just got Moses just passed away. Here comes the young new guy leading the people. And he, he, he's like, let's cross the river, Jordan, into the promised land. <sighs> Could you imagine? Joshua just said, he's like, we're going into the promised land. God directed them. He leads them. And they take one step. Bam, their foot hits the water. Joshua determined in his mind, he was like, I'm living a victorious life, whether you all are or not. So we're going into the promised land. God led them into the promised land. And he tells the priest, and I think Joshua would have crossed that river Jordan, no matter what happened. He'd have built, he would have built a boat if he had to, a bridge, whatever it was, he was getting into the promised land. But here it goes, the children of Israel, bam, the priest hits the water and the waters roll back. And then they pull these stones out and they build a memorial from, from what was seemed impossible. And so I want you to know, it may seem like you're in an impossible situation right now. It may seem like you can't get through this right now, but in that moment, God is at his strongest. He's there to show you that I love you, that I care for you. Even when the strange directions come, I love VeggieTales. Any VeggieTales lovers in here? I, I love VeggieTales. So in the first service, I, I got to sing my rendition of the Walls of Jericho song. And uh, I love it because in, in this, they, the, in the children of Israel, in, the, in, in our peas, in veggie tales, and uh, the, uh, I can't remember what they were, probably asparagus or something like that. And they started throwing their slushies at the children of Israel. And I'm like, I wonder, did anything get thrown at the children of Israel? I can imagine it on the first day. They're walking around the walls. Keep walking. But it isn't going to fall. Keep walking. <laughs> That's the song that the other people sing. Um, uh, it's, just, it's a good song. I really like it. I'm <laughs> just singing one day. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyways, they, they get up in there, and I can imagine that maybe after a day or two of them walking around the walls, like, why are we doing this? They didn't say anything because it said they had to be silent. So we know they kept their mouth shut until they got back to the campground. <laughs> or on their way back. What was that? <laughs> well, the enemy, I could imagine, maybe through something, you know, day two, they come out. What are the Israelites doing? Probably weirded out by day three. They're like, these people are just crazy. God didn't call you to fit in. <laughs> Sometimes you're going to look crazy. So anyways, society a lot of times will tell us what beauty is. Society will tell us what good behavior is. Oh, if you want to be successful, you need to do step A, B, C, D, and then you're going to have success. And I'm telling you, you need to have obedience in your life and you'll have success. I got a one-step plan, but nobody likes the obedience part because we want to do it our way. It's my way or the highway because society tells me that I can be whatever I want to be, do whatever I want to do with regard to anyone else. I don't have to, I don't have to pay attention to anything else. I, I can just be. We praise actors for their talents and let them slide on their inappropriate behavior. I look at the Oscars just recently and I'm like, what in the world? I didn't even know it was the Oscars. Honestly, I think they probably just had Will Smith smack uh, Chris Rock just so that we would know that it was the Oscars at that time. Otherwise, I would have never known that they were happening. <laughs> but anyways, this happens and like all of this stuff. and I'm just like blown away. Like, oh, they're successful. Oh, the fame got to them. Oh, the, uh, the, the, the public attention, you know, just whittled away at their, 
Probably, yes, because pride comes before a fall. So I look at this. The world is going to put you down sometimes. And you've got to remind yourself in those moments, I'm not going to do it because I'm liked. I'm going to do it because I'm called. I'm going to do what God said. Boy, I'll tell you, sometimes getting up and preaching, sometimes it, sometimes it is the hardest thing. And I, I beat myself up. I'm like, I, why God? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? Well, here I am. And I love it. And I see people's lives change. And it's not because of my power. Joshua didn't cross the river in his power. He didn't defeat Jericho in his power. It was because of God. And so I want God to shine in my life and through my life. So what if you lived a life knowing you'd win the battle? Have you ever thought about that? Like the intel, like you have government agencies that gather intel, their job, they're, they're just there to gather intel on the enemy. And, and, and there's people, their entire job is just to sit there and gather intel. Can you imagine that? To know, oh man, they don't have the weapons to defeat us. We could just walk in and take it. Can you imagine knowing that? Well, I look at this and it brings me to a piece of the story. Many times we want to paint a picture of the devil as this super powerful guy that can't be conquered, but, but Jesus already conquered him. But, but yet we feel like we're defeated by him. But, oh man, oh, okay, frustration. Let me share it with you. Everybody's like, the, well, the devil made me sick. No, you got sick. Like, yeah, will, the, will the devil do some things? Yes. But you think he is not omnipresent. He, he's not everywhere all at one time. He, he does not have the power that God has. So when you, when you look at it, you're like, well, the devil probably actually had nothing to do with it. And I probably did some of it myself. I'm telling you, there's some devils sitting in this place right now. <laughs> Y'all like, did he just call me a devil? <laughs> no, I did not call you a devil. <laughs> oh, people are like, well, the devil doesn't go to church. No, I'd say he probably walks right in, <laughs> sits down next to you and tries to manipulate you and say, oh, you don't need to listen to this. That's not for you. Oh, that, that, this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> I need to take all that's been said into account about me. And so we come to this awesome part in Joshua chapter two, the story of Rahab. Now, Rahab, the Bible describes her as a harlot. But one of the most beautiful things is, is she becomes part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter your past. It, it doesn't matter the life that you've lived. You have a part in this. You can be a part of it. You're not like she would have been shunned, but yet here she is. And God says, I love you. Well, anyway, she tells the story. Joshua sends in two, sp two spies and they go in and they stay in Rahab's house. In verse 11, it says, when we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. So long ago, 40 years before this, you've got Joshua and Caleb and 10 other spies who go into the land. And they come out and Joshua and Caleb are like, let's go. We got this. There's nothing holding us back. God's on our side. We've got this. Little did they know that the enemy had already been defeated. Their hearts had melted because of the story of them crossing the Red Sea. 
And Rahab wouldn't have probably been around at that time. She'd have, if she was, she would have been a little child. And I, and I wonder, did Jericho begin to fortify because he saw what the Israelites were doing? Did the Jericho begin to position itself ready for battle? 40 years can change a lot. I've never thought about that, but I wonder, were there no walls at Jericho or were there little walls at Jericho? And then all of a sudden they saw the Israelites and they're like, why aren't they coming at us yet? Are they just playing with, well, let's just get ready. The enemy wants to prepare for you to attack. But if he can stay on the offense, if he can stay continually putting you down and putting you where he thinks you should be, then you end up in a situation like this. Well, anyways, I look at this story and here she is. Our hearts had melted. She's telling the story of her parents, how her parents had felt. You see, Joshua and Caleb wanted the land. They were ready to possess the land, but they didn't get to go in because a generation stopped them because of a lack of faith. And the children of Israel wandered the desert for 40 years, walking next to the promised land, looking and seeing the promise was in within reach. Matter of fact, even one time they tried to go into the promised land after God said, well, nope, you're gonna wander the desert for 40 years. And they got it handed to them. And so could you imagine? We know what you can't imagine because a lot of us do this. We look at the promises of God and we say, I'm not good enough for that. Oh, this is where I'm supposed to be less than. No, God called you. you were, you're supposed to be in the promise, not living in the desert. Joshua was sick of the desert. His faith was in a position that he said, I am not living in the desert anymore. I am going in. I don't care if I got to build the bridge across Jordan. I don't care what it takes. And when Jericho came and God said, walk around the walls, he said, okay, we're doing it. How many times would we get that desire in our lives when we're so sick and tired of the way that we've been in our lives that we, we've got to change something? God, I need you to transform me. When you begin to change your walk and begin to realize the power of the Holy Ghost, the enemy is going to put a target on you so fast because you are no longer where he wants you. Now, I, I'm not mean when I say this, I promise. Too many times we fall prey to the enemy because we put ourselves to sleep. And we think that it's okay to have a little bit of church attendance and we're going to be okay. It, it's like... I. I can do this by myself. You know, I see a lot of people who are like, well, I, I am, I'm spiritual. I study God's word all the time, but I would never go to church because I don't agree with religion. I'm sorry. You're, you're going to struggle making it. I promise you're going to struggle making it. You're going to, you, there's a possibility you may fall into your own doctrine. That's like not even of the Bible. And you, you struggle with making a relationship with God. Like it is, it is. And why do you, I'm not saying that you need to come to church all the time. I mean, I would love it if you did, but that's just, that's like, I think it's important because the Bible talks about like, when you see the day approaching, forsake not the gathering of the brother. And so like the Bible does say like, we should like, as the day comes, we should probably have more church, <laughs> not less of it. But anyways, second Peter 2.18 calls for Christians to grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So my job as a Christian is to grow in the grace and knowledge. 
You want to stop the war within? Then you've got to win it with the knowledge of how to win the war. You've got to pick up the sword. You've got to pick up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Anyways, you want to be a Christian? Then don't expect a social club. I love being social sometimes. Most of the time I like my bed. But anyways, I, I, I like being social. Like I love church. I really do. But the church can't be a social club. The church should look more like an army ready to go after the enemy than to just sing kumbaya and eat marshmallows. Full disclosure, I like to gather around a campfire and sing and eat marshmallows. And I like to eat the marshmallows with chocolate and a graham cracker toasted over the, the fire. So like, that's okay too. And the Bible talks about fellowship, but, but that's not what the church can always be about. It can't be about like... Uh, the church has got to be growing, moving, and moving forward in our relationship with God. You, you, have got to, you have got to study the word. You've got to pray fast. You want to be a strong Christian? That is how you do it. You want to live a victorious life? It's going to be prayer. It's going to be fasting, reading his word. And, and I say this, like, you, you, the devil is cool with you coming to church. As long as you don't do anything. As long as you just sit there, as long as if, if you can just sit there and not do anything, that's okay. But the moment that you begin to start taking steps of faith and beginning to claim that that territory is yours, that he can't come in anymore and he can't destroy, that he can't kill, that he can't steal, then all of a sudden the devil puts a target on your back and he starts coming full force at you. So if you've got a target on your back, you can give God thanks because that's where you want to be. That means you're moving forward in your relationship with God. If you're wondering... And sometimes things are, like, I'm not saying the devil is always in everything. I'm not saying that, okay? Like, I just said that earlier. <laughs> but sometimes, that's what he's looking for, to get you alone. Imagine if Joshua would have said, hey, I want you to go out by yourself and walk around seven times. Could you imagine that? Like, let's just say the VeggieTales story is true. And let's just say like the VeggieTale version where, they throwing, where they're throwing slushies at them is true. You get out there by yourself. What are you doing? What are you doing that for? Like you're stupid walking the wall by yourself and you're walking. Well, oh my word, this is so embarrassing. I am scared to death. And you maybe make it around one or two days, but by the third day, you're finding a new camp to sleep in because you're sick and tired of walking around the wall. And God's like... I didn't call you to do it by yourself. It was all the men of war and then the priests. And there was a pattern and there was a way that God wanted it done. And I start thinking about it. When I gather with like-minded believers, I've got someone to remind me of the memorial that he made when I crossed the river Jordan. I've got a memorial to remember when I crossed the river, the, the, the Red Sea. I've got all of these things. God sustained us. God kept us. And we're not just, we're not just outside of the promised land anymore. We're inside the promised land. I've got someone to encourage me. I've got someone to remind me. And that's why I need church because I need my brothers and sisters to encourage me. I, I need to encourage my brothers and sisters. Hey, when you don't think you can make it, you've got someone to call. Yes, you've got Jesus all the time, 24, 7, 365 days a year. But sometimes you need someone right here, right now. So I'm not here to fulfill your will or my will, but God's will. I love church, 
But, but the church as a whole has got to wake up and rise in prayer. I, I, sometimes it's so sad that in this day and age, I've got to clarify what I'm saying because sometimes people are like, oh, this pastor's talking about rising up. <laughs> they, they, he want, they want him to, they, he wants his people to be like, you know, all cray cray. He's got a military guy on the, the wall. Like he's, he, he wants to overthrow the government. <laughs> Not what I'm talking about today. I'm sorry, when the church rises up, this is what it looks like. It looks like us humbling myself before God, seeking his face because I'm a people called by his name and I want him to heal my land. So if you want to see change in your world, it's not time to rise up and be a jerk to people. It's a time to humble yourself and get on your face and seek God's face. You want to see what a strong church looks like? Look and see if they've got prayer. See if there are people praying and interceding. There is a world that is lost and dying and I'm sorry but going to hell and the church can lull itself to sleep saying that it's okay you're like wow Zach cray cray today I know I'm talking about the war within there is a war inside sometimes that it is tearing at us and we're like which side do I choose I don't know can I follow God can I do I follow my will do I who do I what do I do I don't know we struggle with this war constantly oh I can't make it I'm not good enough oh God 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 doesn't really want to use me God 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 you know that there's someone else better yes there may be someone else better but you know what you're the best you that God has called he didn't call someone else. He called you because you have a purpose. He's got a purpose for you. So stop trying to sell yourself short because he found value in your life when he hung on Calvary for you. Every war, you have to choose a side. You don't get to play middle ground. When Russia came rolling into Ukraine, they probably didn't ask the guys on the border, hey, you want to be neutral? Like, you cool if you, you guys just be like your own thing. You just be neutral. You got to choose. You got to make a decision. Where are you going to be? Are you going to serve God or not? He says, if you have a love for the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Like, you, you start thinking like, well, Jesus is all love. Yes, he is about love, but there is also some obedience that I've got to have as a Christian. And so every war you have to choose a side. You don't get to play the middle ground. You don't get to tell the devil one foot on this side and one foot on this side. It don't work that way. If one foot's on this side, the love of the father ain't in you. Joshua had to make a decision way back at the river Jordan before he ever got to see the victories in, in Jericho, the victory in AI to, to, to conquer the land. He had to make a decision way back at the river Jordan that he was sick of living in the desert, that he was not called to live there, but God had called him to the promises. I'm not giving you a message that's about, you know, six ways to get rich or anything like that. But if you want to have a rich spiritual life, you'll go ahead and shut the enemy up in your head. I wake up every morning and I have to do that. Joshua 24, 15 declares to them that they have to make up their mind. It says, but if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today 
which you will worship, the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to serve God because I've seen his promises fulfilled. I've seen the victory. I've seen the hand of the Lord. And I know that that, that's who I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve the God that conquered death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to serve him. In an effort to see God radically change your life, I'm calling for you to make a decision today. You can't have victory over the problems and situations, strife and addiction without making it to obedience. You have got to choose this day who you're going to serve, who it's going to be the gods that you serve now, or is it going to be Jesus Christ? I can't live in this life anymore. I've got to live. I've got to live a life more, but I want to be a conqueror. I know that I may not feel like a conqueror today, but maybe tomorrow when I wake up, God can change. God can move and begin to do some things in me and through me. He had to make a decision long before he heard Rahab's story. He had to make a decision long before he won the victory at Jericho. Joshua made up his mind that he was going to serve God. You want to see things shift in your life? You've got to make a decision. Are you going to follow God? And when you do, are you ready for a spiritual battle? Ephesians Six declares, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, I love this little portion right here because it, it, it maybe seems insignificant, but it says right here in verse 13, it says, and having done all to stand. And then in verse 14, it says, stand, therefore, keep standing. Don't stop. When the enemy is coming at you, you've done all that you need to do to stand. Now keep standing. Don't hit your knee. It's not time for the church to take a knee, but it's time for the church to rise up and to stand. It's time for us to follow what God has, to have obedience in our life, to follow his will each and every day. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's a really good one. Y'all keep getting those fiery darts stuck in your back. Maybe you need to pick up the shield of faith and believe that you are more than a conqueror. It's hard. It's way easier said than done. But I promise you, you begin to start living your life knowing that there is. And then it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then here goes to give you some tips right here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Keep standing. You can go find the greatest preacher out there and you can listen to them. You may be like, oh, Zach, you're such a good preacher. And I appreciate that. But it doesn't matter how good I preach, how strong I preach. If what you hear, you do nothing with. If you go and listen to the greatest uh, philosophers, the greatest, the greatest uh, analysts, if you go and listen to them, if you do nothing 
with it. It doesn't matter. I can give you 17 steps to success, but if you don't get obedience, you'll never get the other 16. If I tell you that, that prayer is vital into relationship with God, you're like, well, Zach, that's not the answer I was looking for. I was looking for just the answer. Man, teachers, oh, teachers, they're always looking for the work in math. I mean, the other ones, like, they just Google the answers. But math, they're always like, show me your work. But I already used my calculator. Like, take a picture of the calculator and show them the work, two plus two. <laughs> but then I think about it. There's some work that I got to do as a Christian. I don't just get to type in the answer. I've got to actually do what I said. That means I, when I say, well, the answer is to keep standing, I've got to keep standing. You will always struggle if you always see yourself less than what God has called you. I can tell you right now, one of the hardest things that I hear is people say, to call me pastor. I'm telling you, it is one of, it turns my stomach because I don't feel like I should be. I beat myself up all the time because I'm like, why am I here? And I, I beat myself into a hole. I attack my own self. And then I have to realize I am doing what God called me to do. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And while it may be hard sometimes, nearly every Sunday I have anxiety to get up and preach. But I can tell you, when you follow God's plan, things shift. You may wonder today, you're like, well, how do I, how do I, how do I make it out of this? I am stuck with fear in my life. I'm stuck with disappointment. I'm stuck with doubt. I'm, I'm stuck with all of these things in my life. What do I do? Everyone has to come to repentance. You're like, well, I've done that. Good. Good. Do it again. I repent because I want to have my relationship with God secure. So I repent. If you've never been baptized, well, today's the great day to do it. Noah took the time the other day to vacuum out the baptismal tank. So it's all super nice and clean. It's always ready. You know, that it's always got warm water in it. That's a, that's a benefit. <laughs> And then if you haven't received the power of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you what, you want something that's going to change your life. It says in Acts 1 and 8, and after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. I want that. That's what, that's what I want. I want the power. Like I don't want something fake. I don't want something superficial. I love the feel goods. I like to come to church and lift my hands and, you know, cry. But there's, there's something about it. Boy. When God begins to truly touch my life and change me, that's what I want. And so today you may sit here and you're like, I just don't feel like I can walk the walk anymore. I don't feel like I can walk around the walls. I, I don't feel that, I don't feel like I can do anything for God. I, I don't feel like I can, I, I can't do what I feel like he's called me to do. Like I just, he's got the wrong person. No, the race you're running is the race he's called you to. It's your race. You'll never be someone else. 
You can't be another, you can't be the preacher that you like. You can't be the teacher. You can't be the Sunday school teacher that, 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 that is someone else. He's called you as you. And he wants you as you are right now. He wants to touch you. He wants to use you. You're like, but I am so full of fear. I bet you there was some fear in the Israelites. But when they stood together, it made all the difference. I don't want to get stuck in the desert. I can't. I hate the desert. Lord, I've been to New Mexico and those stinking goat heads. I don't know what God was thinking when he made those things, but it's this like seed that actually looks like a goat head and it's super sharp and prickly and they're all over the place and they're nasty. And I'm like, what in the world? I can't walk barefoot because I'm gonna get step on a goat head and they're, and they're tiny little things and you get them in their dog's paws and all this stuff. And I'm like, what in the world? What is that for? Sometimes the war within is like that little goat head. It seems insignificant, but you can't even walk straight anymore. You got a limp because you got this problem in your life. And the only way to fix it is to deal with it. You may struggle with depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, feeling like you're insignificant, that God could never use you. As this song plays, I want you to make this whole place an altar. And if you need prayer, you can either come up here or I'll come to you. But this song simply says, I speak Jesus. And I want to do that right now. I want to speak Jesus over your life because all power is given in that name. God, I pray you would move in this place right now. God, I speak your name right now, Jesus. God, I pray that you would touch each and every one of us, God. God, that you would permeate every heart, every mind, God. God, I pray you would touch each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Don't leave this place the same. Determine in your mind that there's power in his name. If you need prayer, why don't you make your way? There's no shame in it. Everyone needs prayer. God, I pray you would touch right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
given in that name. In the darkest of night, that's the name that you can call on. That's the name that changes everything. That's the name that's higher than any other. I can call that name and I begin to speak that name and the devil has to leave. God, I pray that you would move right now, God. That you would touch in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Away to the sin, Jesus is calling. 